So, Anson, when do you think it's the most important time to record a podcast? Like, what parts of the calendar year do you think we should be, you know, have a like a very important episode? Specifically, I would say um, before the season, uh, deadline, and free agency. Yeah, no, those are three pretty you know good times where we should probably record a podcast or record an episode and you know the season's just around the corner and you would think our star would you know take into consideration that you know this is an important podcast to be part of and show up to but i think our uh, our so-called star is uh, missing today he's a little mia i would say that is correct i mean we're Probably being a little bit rude, it is Thanksgiving in Canada right now. I think it's Columbus Day in uh, the U.S., I believe. So maybe we are being a little bit rude. But you know what? Also, you should, you know, take into consideration to, you know, spend time with us on a very important day where the NHL season's, you know, two days away. Uh, I want to say 48 hours Less than 48 hours before the puck drops for the NHL season, and he is not here when we're trying to do a freaking preview episode. To be fair, I've done the same on certain days, so I can't really shit on him for that. Can I say then that I'm the only person on this podcast who has yet to miss two consecutive episodes in a row? If we track it back and we find them, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I need to double check to see if I have ever missed uh, two episodes in a row. But, you know, this is going to be a long episode. We're going to try to race through it as much as we can. It is a preview episode. It is a Sunday night. Season starts on Tuesday. So we're going to try to go through as quick as we can, get this posted out so everyone can hear our quick previews on uh, the NHL season. So with that being said, let's get the show started, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. So, you know, because Austin's not here, and it's just me and Anson here today, we're going to try to race through all 30, 32 teams this season in our preview. And, you know, there's been a lot of preview episodes preview podcasts already where they really go in depth but you know it's just me and Anson today we don't have Olsen here so we're gonna go to be a little bit quicker so what we're gonna do we're gonna ask one burning question for each NHL team and we're gonna draw you know quick answers yes or no maybe we can give a little bit of a rationale but hopefully we can fly through these um, questions and you know give everyone just like a quick you know overview of what uh, each team is going to bring this NHL season. Are you ready to start there, Anson? Yeah, give me the first question. All right, let's uh we're just going to go alphabetical order because, you know, let's just make it easy. So, let's start off Anaheim. Um so our burning question is will Getzlaff still be on the team at the end of the season? He signed a 3 million dollar one-year contract with the Ducks, but is this I mean, he's going to stay for the entire season, or will he be traded midway through? I think he stays. Uh, he's already won a cup. He's basically Mr. Duck. So I think he stays. He doesn't have to prove anything else. 
I I don't know if he is Mr. Duck. I would probably say Timu Solani might have a little edge on him there, but I do agree with you. Like for a guy who's signing for three million, and you know, last year he didn't move. This year, like I think he's just accepted that he's going to be in a leadership role, a veteran role, and that he's he doesn't need to chase cups. I mean, he did win it early in his career, but maybe uh he feels like he's ready to just be a leader, a veteran, and not have to go cup chasing. So. Let's move on to number two, Arizona. Um, over under Anson, fifteen picks in the twenty twenty two draft. How many picks do they have right now? So currently, they have, I believe, it's twelve picks in the twenty twenty two draft. I think yes, with the amount of guys they have left, and let's just say, you can you can throw Phil Kessel for like you know a second and a third. I'm lowballing it, but that's still two more picks right there to your collection. So yes, I think I'm going to hit over 15 picks for the Coyotes. I'm going to go under 15 picks because as much as a team needs to reload their system, I don't think you can do it all in one year. Like imagine having 15 rookies in camp, like like pure, like just out of like juniors coming in 15. So I think like we've seen a little bit too, like a lot of their trades recently with that involved draft picks, they're getting like 2024 picks or 2023. So I think they, they might add a couple more picks this season, or they might like swap out some of the picks from this season into next season. But I think they're, they'll just, just be under 15 picks. I think I'm thinking 14 picks and then they're probably at the actual draft. They'll try probably move some around. I think, I think if anything though, I think they might have, like 15 or 16 and then just package a bunch together for like higher picks or like futures and whatnot. Maybe Jack Eichel. If that they have the cap space, they have the picks, but do they have the players to give back to uh, Buffalo? Yeah. Well, I think that's going to be the big question. And uh, well, We'll skip Boston because I feel like we already segued way into Buffalo here. Um, Buffalo, will they have a worse record than the 16 and 17 abs? So I think the 16, 17 abs were probably like the worst team in recent history within like the last decade. So they in, 20, in 2016, 2017, they finished with a record of 22, 56, and 4. So that gives them 48 points. Do you think the Sabres can beat that? Or will they fall below that mark? I feel like they'll fall below that. Um, at least, at least with the ads, you had silver linings with like, I you know McKinnon and all those guys coming up. With Buffalo, um, Jack Eichel's out. Casey Middlestad is probably your number one center. No disrespect to him, but I don't think he should be your number one center. And um, if you look at their goalies right now, it's Dustin Tokarski and Craig Anderson. That's not going to steal you any games. Yeah, I, I think that at least Colorado had Nathan McKinnon. I don't know if um, we're going to even see a guy that you would think as being like a somewhat good player beyond Buffalo for the entire season. Like unless Jack Eichel comes back, but I agree with you. I, I think they're going to be way below. I mean, like, I don't even know if they're going to reach 20 wins this season. They have Dalene. Like, they have someone steady in the back. But, like, we've seen it. One guy can't, you know, 
be like they are not they can't carry the team to playoffs or success. You need multiple guys, and they traded all their guys up front, and your best guys injured. So again, it's just hard, especially with like your backup is Tukarski, who hasn't played a whole lot, and Craig Anderson. If it was five six years ago, I'd be like, yeah, this is great, but this is forty year old Craig Anderson. This is not. It's not the same. Yeah, that's that's a very uh, it's a very scary goalie tandem, and not in a good way. Um, speaking of goalies, let's go back to Boston. Um, has Tuku Rask played his last game for the Bruins? And by that, I mean, you know, they have Almark, they have Swayman. Do we really think Rask is going to get signed midway through the season when he's healthy and play for the Bruins? I thought Swayman has um minor, like you can send him to the AHL kind of thing, right? Or no? He does, but I think he might be too good to go back to the minors. That's my concern. Like he had a pretty good stint at playing with the NHL team last season for, you know, a cup of coffee. He got into a playoff game. Like I think he's ready to take the step and just play regular NHL games. I think so too. I think the thing is they they might be a little loyal to Rask and they might just give him like a spot if he wants it because he's been so steady. And like for me, I think especially with like the core they have now, I think with Allmark and Rask, yeah, I think I would be more comfortable moving forward with that. Yeah, I, I, I think I just worry that what if they screw up Swayman's, you know, development just because, you know, they wanted to bring in Rask and send him to the minors when he really doesn't need to prove himself anymore there. But, yeah, who knows? I think we'll, we got to wait until Rask obviously comes back from his injury. But like you said, he will only play for the Bruins. So it's just will the Bruins take him back, I think, is the big question. All right, next question, next team we're going to go to, we're going to go out west to Calgary. Um, will they finally blow it up? Like, we've heard it years and years and years. Will they actually blow it up this year? I think you and I know the answer of what we want, and I think you and I know the answer of what they'll do. Like, we kind of want them to blow it up, but I don't think they will, especially as Brad Trey Living is the GM. Um, they just signed Markstrom to like a massive contract a couple years ago. They were kind of invested in the core, given like it might be over in a couple years. So I think they should, but it really depends on the first, honestly, five, 10 games of the season. See, I think they will blow it up, and I think it's going to be a bigger blow up than what you think. I think Brad Tree Living's gone. Because he's gone through way too many coaches. He has been indecisive. And, you know, with this core, there's like, I don't know. He, I think it's going to be a massive blow up and it's going to start at the top. Yeah, as long as Brad Trey Living is your GM, you're not going to blow anything up. But if he is gone, then yes, you can, whoever comes in next is going to clean house, I believe. Yep, fair enough. All right, we're going to move on to our next one. We're going to go to Carolina. Um, do we think Frederick Anderson or Antti Rantas are they going to play more than 40 games this season? I think Freddie can play 40 games. Um, I think last year was kind of like a whole wear and tear from the past few years. 
but I think he's shown that he can play over 40 games and be reliable upon it. Ranta, I have more of an issue because he's always very he's always been very injury prone. Yeah, like I think that it's gonna be interesting. Like it's gonna be a tandem. It's just gonna be interesting to see how many games their third goal is gonna play because the other two are injured, in my opinion. So yeah, we'll see what happens with uh Anderson. If that was just an off year, maybe all that wear and tear from playing in Toronto caught up to him suddenly and now he's gonna rest up a little bit and I mean with Ranta, right? Like I said, probably one of the most injury prone goalies in the NHL right now. All right, we're gonna move over to Chicago. Um will Mark Andre Fleury or Seth Jones have a bigger impact on this team's success? That's actually a tough one. Um I think I wanna say there's arguments to be made for both, honestly. You can't be a successful team without a solid goalie, and that's what Fleury is. But last year, the best defenseman was, who would you say? I would say it was Duncan Keith, honestly. Would it not? Or DeHaan? I would say Duncan Keith, but I mean, Fleury didn't play for Chicago last year, right? He played for Vegas. That's what I'm saying. It's just like you have a steady goalie now. You have a very, a Vesna winner. And now you go from um, Duncan Keith to Seth Jones on your like number one defenseman. Um I think I'm gonna hope flurry because you can't go anywhere without a good goalie. But I do see an argument made for Seth Jones being a bigger impact. Yeah, I think too with you know like it's basically is Flurry a bigger upgrade than Lankinen and is or is Seth Jones a bigger upgrade over Duncan Keith? I think that's like where you're getting at, right? Like where who is gonna make a bigger impact then? You know, I'm gonna I think you always need a goalie. Like I love those number one defensemen and everything, but I think you obviously need that number one goalie and for a team like um Chicago who Ever since Crawford got injured, haven't had like really steady goalies. Like when they were like like taking like Delia and Subban out there at one point, right? Like that's not a good combination at all. So I think Flurry gives them that solid goaltending for that one year that he's gonna be there, and uh, Jones will be there a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right. Like you said, they went through like Subban, Colin Delia, Robin Leonard, like a bunch of guys ever since Crawford got injured. And now they have, even for one year, having a guy that you don't have to worry about makes a whole lot of difference. Yeah, I think that's going to just change the mentality for the Blackhawks. And so, yeah, that's why I think we both agree Flurry will probably have a bigger impact. Um, let's move on to Colorado. Um, do we think that they have enough depth to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals this season? They did lose one of their key pieces last year, I believe, or during the expansion draft. They lost Jonas Donskoy. Yeah, I think he was a very good depth piece. Um, And they lost... Am I wrong, or did they lose Brandon Saad as well? Yep, so Brandon Saad went to St. Louis. So yeah, I think think they have enough pieces to compete in the playoffs, but... I think there's a question mark with Darcy Camper in that because along with Ranta and stuff, like 
he's also been injured quite a bit. But when he's been on or healthy, he's been really, really good. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like, I think, like, they're a playoff team no matter what, I think. We are both agreeable. But I think the big question is, do they have enough to take them all the way? Like, play 20-something playoff games and be good enough to win more than half of those to make it to the finals. Yeah, and right now their backup is, like, Pavo Francouz. I think he's also injured. So right off the bat, you're already, you have, like, uh, injury concerns with your team. Yeah, I no, I agree. I mean, you know, every team isn't going to have the greatest third goalies, obviously. But um, yeah, losing Sod and Donskoy, I think, is really going to affect them. Like, they've got young guys who can come up, but uh, do they have enough is the question, I think, to make it all the way to the end of the playoffs. Um, let's move on to your favorite team here, uh, Columbus. Yep. Does Line A have a bounce back season? I I think so. I think last year was rough on everyone. Again, I re- said this so many times, but I think this year there won't be a line blend where he's going to play, you know, a fourth line grinder minutes or next game he's going to play a second line winger. I think he'll have more of a steady presence in the lineup. Like if he's going to play first line or second line, he's going to be there for a huge chunk of the season. And um, I think, I think yes. And with having like someone to feed him the puck, like Voracek, and having like Sillinger, because he, you know, as of today, Sillinger made the team. So having someone there to feed him the puck constantly, and like kind of no distractions coming from like quarantine and everything, I think that's going to be a difference. I also see Chinnikov made the team. I'm guessing. Yep. Both Sillinger and Chinnikov made the team uh, out of training camp. But we're guessing these are probably more um, like they're probably just going to do the seven, eight game trial and then get sent back to wherever they need to go. Uh, most likely. It really, I think, honestly, I think Sillinger has a chance, especially with how thin we are on center and the guys that we kind of like sent down or he, the guys he beat out are more journeymen or more third line fourth line guys who where we might as well just go hey let's burn a year off his elc and give him you know nhl experience yeah no fair enough i'm just surprised i'm just looking at their uh, depth chart and i'm surprised kevin stenlin and liam foodie are both down uh in the minors so interesting things i mean i i think they'll they gotta give them a chance right this is a team that's rebuilding give them the chance play a couple games just make sure you don't miscount and burn a year after contracts accidentally um we're gonna move on to dallas now um who's gonna win their goalie carousel of kadobin holtby and oninger and bishop if you want to count him i'm not gonna count bishop just because there's already three other names are very like in the conversation um I think to start off the season, it will be Kadobin and Hopi. But the second that, you know, one of them doesn't perform as well or gets injured or something, I think I think Ottinger has a very good chance of taking that gig and running with it. Um, Kadobin's proven in the past that he can do it, especially he came out later in the, like he kept later in his career as opposed to some other guys. So he's got less games on his like 
in his career. So he's like he's 35, but he's only played as many games as like say like a 31 year old kind of thing. Um, Hopi, I think he's more of a backup now, unfortunately, but I think he'll be a very solid backup, like Halak. Yeah, like <laughs> I have a feeling that Hopi might end up getting uh bought out again or released or sent to the minors. I I feel like Jake Ottinger. He's proven enough, but I, I do agree with you. Like, with, especially with Ottinger being waiver exempt at the start of the season, I think you you gotta start, you know, Hope and Kadoman for the beginning of the season. But by the end of this season, who's gonna be starting goalies? I think that's a different question that we probably can't answer right now. Um, let's move on to Detroit here. Um, is this year gonna be another teardown year, or will they finally, you know, do a little bit of a rebuild? Well, hang on. Do you say teardown or rebuild? Isn't it kind of the same? Um, thing right now well i find like a tear down is where you're still trading off pieces away to get to like the lowest of your lows but then the rebuild here is like when you're starting to like you know take steps forward so that that's how i kind of like are they still on the downturn or are they going back up yet i don't think they have many more pieces to trade away though that's the issue like you can't really trade Larkin for a first round. You could, but like, what does that say about your team? So I think they have to be going up, especially with the guys that they started drafting a few years back. Like, I think Raymond, he's going to make the team, or he's very close to it. Um, They have Nedekovic as their goalie. That's unbelievable that they, that they got him for like a third round pick. Um, Like, they have to be going up. And I think they've made, they are not going to be like, Wow, like second in the Atlantic, but they're gonna make steps forward and surprise guys. Yeah, I, I think I maybe disagree with you just a little bit because I, I I honestly don't think like Larkin or Bertuzzi are really gonna be part of the the actual next you know contending phase. And like I look at their defense and I'm like, you've got great like veteran guys like Letty and Stahl, but I, I just see these and the Kaiser even like. I have a feeling you're gonna be flipping quite a few of these guys, um, maybe this season. Even Larkin, you know, he's got two years, but you know, he might have more value this year if he gets traded. So that's why I'm like a little hesitant to say, you know, for sure that they're gonna make improvements on the team. I think they're still, you know, a team that's selling off stuff. All right, let's go on to the team that always has serious questions about themselves, uh, Edmonton. Do they finally have enough depth for us to consider them as legitimate contenders? I don't... That's always a question. And I I don't know about like legit, legit contenders, but I think they have... I'm going to go no. Because I think we brought this up a, few years, a couple of podcasts ago where it's like a top four of Darnell Nurse, Duncan Keith, Tyson Berry, Cody Cece. Uh, Chris Russell, heck. Um, two of those guys are going to play together for like 20-something minutes a game, and I don't feel safe doing that. And like, They have a Zach Hyman. He's going to be great with either McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl as like, the second fiddle. But aside from that, like your bottom six isn't... I don't know. I wouldn't say like... I wouldn't, I'm not super scared of your bottom six. Yeah, I think it's a lot, lot improved compared to what we've seen in 
other years, but is it enough for us to say like, yes, I would be worried about the their third line coming at me and scoring. I, I think we're still not scared enough, but we're, we're definitely worried about their top six right now because that is a very, uh, like, I know Yamamoto had a bad season. Puyarvi's, you know, we don't know exactly what he is just yet, but like, once you have McDavid and Dreisaitl and you don't, you, and you also remember they have Nugent Hopkins, like, I, I'm a little bit scared for sure. Yeah, especially like, let's just go with the first line of like, say, Hyman, McDavid, and Puyarvi. That's pretty good. It's not amazing, but like, you know what Hyman's going to do for you. And Puyarvi showed that he has chemistry with McDavid last season. So, yeah, there's that. And again, like, their goalie situation, I'm not super confident in making a deep playoff run with that tandem. Yeah, I agree for sure. It's just that, you know, when you have McDavid and Joyce Settle, you know, you can go places for sure. All right, let's go over to Florida, and we'll bring in some recent news in as well. You know, Barkov just signed a $10 million extension with the Florida Panthers. Um, do we think they're going to be the next team that's going to have three guys signed for $10 million? And what I'm including in that conversation is Jonathan Huberto, who, you know, he does have two years left, so he's not a free agent this coming off season, but the next one after, but... I guess this is a little bit more of a future question, but like, does Huberto also get ten million then? I think he gets a little less than ten, just because he's twenty eight now. A couple years from now, he'll be like thirty. I don't know if, like, one. I think even as like a whole like loyalty thing, it'll be less. And two, it's Florida. And three, he'll be thirty. And four, they'll be like, hey, we're not going to give you as much as our star player. Also, probably because they, they still are, are going to be suffering from the Bobrovsky contract, so they will have like no cap space left. But yeah, no, I I wonder if you might be closer to like an Ekblad, like maybe like a like like that that AAV maybe like seven and a half, maybe even eight. But like he really turned it on last season, so I was just curious, like you know, another you know eight figure guy in Barkov, like will Huberto also be an eight figure guy? But like you said, he is a little bit older, um, and he's not the star of the team. So you know, like me, me and you, we don't get as much. You know, um, what's it called? I'm a loss for words, but I was going to make a joke about Alston, and now I just screwed it up. So you know what? Let's just move on to his team then instead. Um, L.A. He can't defend himself anymore here, Alston. Are they the best California team this season? I think they are. Um... Because when you go California teams, it's Anaheim Ducks, San Jose Sharks, and the LA Kings. Um, you know, all due respect to the other two teams, I think the LA Kings are, well, they're better situated for between those three teams with their up-and-coming guys and the guys they have now. They're traded for uh, Victor Arvidsson. They have Kyle Peterson and still Jonathan Quick. They still have Dowdy. They still have a bunch of guys who can perform. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you do we remember if Kopitar ended up on that top ten forward list that we were talking about? I don't even I, I I didn't really pay attention, but like I agree, like they actually have like players. Like you look at the ducks and the sharks, I don't know if they have really anything that can really compete with the Kings. So, you know, I know Austin's not here, so that's why we're it's okay we can praise the Kings without having to be uh without, you know, Austin gushing over us. 
So yes, um, Andre Kopitar was on the top ten centers list. I think he was like seventh or eighth, which is well deserved. Um, and also, like I forgot that they signed your boy Philip Deneau in free agency, right? So they have pieces. Yeah, they they have pieces. They don't have a team yet, like the Montreal Canadiens, but uh, they have better pieces than whatever San Jose and Anaheim have for sure. Um, let's talk about our next team then. Um, Minnesota can Kaprizov sustain his near point per game pace over an eighty-two game season? So actually, I wrote this question, and I think I'm gonna give myself a little leeway, like. I'm not going to say 82, but I'm assuming like 79 is acceptable. Is that fair? Yeah, like, I mean, like, if he gets more points in the games he plays, if he's like injured or whatever, like, you know, obviously it yeah, happens. So, like, I'm not, we're not saying he's going to have 82 points, but we're saying, like, will he have more points than games played? I think so. I think, I think, like, last year it was against the same opponents, which helps because, like, you kind of know their strategies and everything but i think with you know you're playing you're playing um the whole league now and some teams aren't going to be prepared for you and you can really blow the doors off on certain games like you know something games you can go you know uh two goals two assist and like in the next game is like you know one goal two assist i think kaprizov has the um potential to do that i absolutely see that happening yeah, no, that's a fair assessment. And it's going to be a little bit more condensed season too, which, you know, he has experience. I, I think it's just, you know, it's 82 game season versus, you know, playing you know, 50-something games. It's it's a little bit of a difference. So it'll be interesting to see how he copes to that. Uh, next, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, the most important team in the world, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, can they stay afloat without the two biggest pieces of their team? When you say afloat, though, do you mean they're going to be in a playoff spot, like a wild card spot, or do you think there's be kind of near, like near a playoff spot? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that Price and Weber come back, so I'm kind of hoping that they can tread water until Price or Weber, you know, potentially come back and then make a you know another deep run and win the Stanley Cup. I think this season is. I think it's a no, unfortunately. I just think the Atlantic is so stacked that it's based, It's like a, a four teams ahead of you right now. You got the Boston, you got Toronto, you got Tampa, you got Florida. And like, um, I, won't, I won't say Ottawa's competitive, but they're definitely like trending upwards. So I'd be hard-pressed to say that, you know, Montreal's gonna be in a playoff spot. I think they can like, stay afloat for a while but in terms of like lasting 82 games without those two i don't think it's possible yeah i'm just looking at their ir right now of mike hoffman paul byron shea weber joel edmondson and you know carrie price being the player assistance um program right now um they are probably not going to go get off to a really good start so i am unfortunately going to have to agree that um they probably won't be doing very well We've all seen Jake Allen be a starting goalie, and we know what happens when that occurs. So, might be a tough season or for us Habs fans here. I do um, think. Let's sorry. move on. 
before you finish that thought, I do think though, like watching Suzuki play a full season is going to be really fun. Um, Dvorak is also going to be really nice. He's got like a higher, higher floor than you know Kakaniemi, who you lost. But I think he'll mesh well, especially with like three, four more years on his contract. He's going to mesh well with the rest of the uh, players on the Habs. Yeah, I think this would be a great growing year for them. Unfortunately, just not very as competitive as you would want for a team that just made the finals. Um, next, we're going to move on to Nashville. Will they Philip Forsberg at the deadline? See, I see what you did there, and I'm not happy about it. But I think they have to. Like, they're stuck in no man's land. That's like between between them and the Flames. I think they're the two teams that are stuck in the no man's land the most often um they made the playoffs last year but at what cost right it's just i think they should i think they should but but they still have the salary of johansson and duchene for however many years and that's still like that's still a huge chunk of your um, salary cap right so i think you should flip forsberg for whatever you get. But I don't think you're going to be super happy with the return. Yeah. I mean, they did trade Martin Erat for him. So anything they like, they've won like Phil Forsberg in terms of like asset value. But yeah, I agree. Like ever since they made the finals in 16, 17, they've just been in this lull where they can't decide what to do. And I think if they do, move Philip Forsberg um, at the deadline or anytime during the season, which I think we are both in agreement that they probably should. Um, this would be a good signal for them to, you know, maybe start looking at retooling. Um, I don't know with the Duchesne and Johansson contracts, what they can do, but it might be a sign that, you know, it's time to move on. So uh, we're going to move on then to uh, New Jersey then. So can Jack Hughes take another step forward? Yes, I think I think he does. Um, I think Mackenzie Blackwood's going to solidify himself as the like number one co- goalie on the team. You have number one defenseman Doug Hamilton. Um, you have Hishier, who's a great two way forward, and I think that gives the opportunity for Jack Hughes to um, develop his offensive game more. Like he's incredibly fast, and I think. I think that like with with the proper like line mates and like power play and everything, I think he's going to be. I think he would take a good step forward. I don't know how. I don't necessarily know how far he'll get, but I think he's. It's not out of reach to say you know, sixties, sixty point season. Yeah, no, that that's not a bad reach. I would say for a guy like Jack Hughes, um, yeah, uh, he's surrounded by more talent. I would say than when he first started. So. You know, he's still a young boy. He's going to grow and he's going to be hopefully a a great player for the Devils. Um, We're going to move on now to the Islanders who, you know, they made a couple of signings today. I don't know if they're really signings or I think we all knew it was going to happen. Chara was signed to a one-year 750 and so was uh, Zach Parise, uh, another one-year at 750. So now that they've added some very important depth pieces, um, is the Metro theirs to lose now? I think it is. If you look at it, this is going to be a bit of a, 
I guess have a longer discussion more than like a yes or no. I think look at the other teams uh, and what happened this offseason. And I think, yes, I think the Islanders lost Eberly, but they can, they use his like cast base to fill up more around the depth with, you know, very, I'd say Parisi is a very good like depth signing, to be honest with you. He may not be the guy he was 10 years ago, but I think him at 750k with performance bonuses, I think that's very good. And, you know, they've always been a very good playoff team. And you still have guys, you still have guys like Barzell and, and Anders Lee. He was out for like half the season last year, right? He, you get him back. It's like a free upgrade, right? I think that's, I think it's theirs to lose. I don't know if they'll necessarily go for, you know, first in, in the division. But I think I think they'll be top two. I don't think they'll be first. Ooh, that That's interesting take because I, it sounded like you're almost going just straight and saying that, you know, yes, this is going to be the team that's going to win the Metro. But I, I think I just look at this team like, it looks pretty solid top to bottom. Like, and like, like you said, like they're a good playoff, like style team. So maybe regular season is going to be a little bit different for them. But um, I, I do, I just don't see another team that looks as complete as this team in the Metro right now. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll talk about some other teams later on. Right. Like, I mean, we already talked about Carolina, which is a pretty good team, but um we'll see if any of the other teams that we're going to talk about later can, you know, step up against the Islanders. It's just, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I think it's more like a gut feeling that they've never really won the Metro. And I, I don't think that's their goal, but like Lou and like, Oh, I forgot their, their coach. Um, Barry Trotz. Thank you. I don't think it's like their like motto to win. Their motto is more like, let's just get in the playoffs and then we'll step it up. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fair. Like they don't really care what happens in the regular season. They know that they will be able to beat teams. Um, once they reach the playoffs. So that's a completely fair assessment. Um, speaking about getting into the playoffs, I think the Rangers were kind of like a sneaky pick that everyone was like, Oh, maybe they might, you know, make the playoffs. Um, is it this year going to be the year now that they're going to make the playoffs? I think, yeah, I think they'll be very sneaky. Maybe like a wild card kind of thing. They got Zibanejad locked up today. I think another eight years, $8.5 million, I think, was his contract annually. Um, they got Adam Fox, who, you know, came out of no, kind of nowhere last year. They got someone, him, Truba. Like, they got a very solid um, defense core. Um, I think this takes him out of the Jack Eichel sweepstakes with the whole Zibanejad extension. Um, and I think, who's their goalie? Is it Gagorev? Uh, Shosturkin. Shosturkin. Okay, but having a tandem with those two, I think, gives you more leeway if one kind of falters. Obviously, the other one can kind of step it up a bit. So I think they'll be a very sneaky like wild card one or wild card two. So I think, yeah, they'll make it. Yeah, I the Metro is always so hard. It's always a bloodbath. And this year, I know we said the Islanders were, you know, probably going to be 
top two, but even that, like, and I'm saying that they're probably going to win, but we've seen how, like, nasty the Metro can be. Like, even, like, every team is, like, fairly evenly matched against one another. So, I, I think it's hard. I think there's there's enough teams ahead of them in the Metro, plus there's enough depth in the Atlantic, finally, that they're probably not going to get five teams in the Metro um, to be in the playoffs. So, I, I think we might not see them. Maybe they'll, they'll get there eventually, but um, like it depends on Lafreniere and uh, Capocaco, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can make it all the way there. You know we forgot Panarin as well, right? We like completely forgot about Panarin being on that team. Well, I was thinking about, you know, potential growth. I think Panarin is, you know, ace level already, but like, and he, he might have a little bit of room to grow, but I think growth from guys like Lafreniere and Kako are really going to make the difference for this team. All right, we're going to move on to, uh, you know, the team that we always liked. Well, I don't know of you, but we always like to kind of dump on Ottawa. Um, And question for Ottawa, will Brady Kachuk sign before this podcast is uploaded? I think not. I think the deadline is, or the start of the season is Tuesday. I think we'll have it up in a day or so. I think it's like a 80% no, especially with what we've heard the past few days that he doesn't want to sign like a long-term contract because he doesn't know what's happening in Ottawa. So that kind of like ruins it a bit for me. It just It's hard for him to say like yes to a long-term contract because he doesn't know what's up. It's hard for Ottawa to say to sign him to a short-term contract because they don't want to lose him. So it's a really like a no one's winning this battle. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, and I I guess it's a little bit biased because I mean I get to control when we upload because you know I don't know why you guys have that never asked me how to upload, but I've always been the one who has to upload the podcast, so I guess I get to control. But I agree with you. I think there's still too much. Um, things going on with the no- contract negotiations for us to really think that you know they're going to get it done within the next 48 hours but you know we've been proven wrong i mean we're going to try to get this episode up before the season starts obviously so like you said maybe we'll have it out monday so during thanksgiving maybe you can listen to us when uh you're full of turkey and you know you're ready for sleep and just want to listen to some very calming and gentle voices of me and Anton, and you know, you know, this week's episode, you won't have the abrasive Olsen. So, uh, you got the nice voices of uh, me and Anton. All right, we're gonna move on to Philly here. Um, do we think Philly can develop Carter Hart into their franchise goalie, or are they gonna ruin another guy? Like, the more I think about it, I think it's way too early for us to talk about this. He's only like 22, 23. Some goalies don't develop till they're like mid late twenties, but I think, I think he'll be fine. I I don't know if he'll necessarily be what he was when he first came up, right? He was like a nine, I don't know, like a nine eighteen or something. But I think as a whole, Philly improved with the like additions of Ristolainen, Atkinson. Martin Jones as a strictly as a backup, not as a starter. Um, and what's his name? Brian Ellis. Like, you you really, like, shored up on a few spots there. I think, but in terms of Carter Hart, I think uh, it's such a hard thing, hard to say because goalies are voodoo, right? And he's so young. 
but I think yes, I think he'll be coming around to it. I think he'll be like a a very good goalie, barring injuries. Yeah, I think last year, I think last year was his actual like you know the abnormal the anomaly year where he was had had a bad season. I think in general he is a really good goalie. It was just last year something just didn't click for him, and that's why he didn't have the greatest of years. So I agree with you. I think Carter Hart. Franchise goalie, I'm thinking more not not like you know EA you know potential that he's a franchise goalie, but you know like he's going to be the goalie of the future for Philly, and hopefully they don't give up on him too early like they did with you know Sergei Bobrovsky, where he uh, you know you and your Blue Jackets got to luck out and use him for a couple of those prime years of him. Yeah, I mean if they want to give up on him and give us give it to us for another what second and a third, yeah, let's let's talk again. Yeah, I think you guys are probably going to be trading away one of your goalies anyway this season. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe you can bring Carter Hart in. But uh, let's talk about uh, Pittsburgh next, you know, the friendly neighbor in Pennsylvania. Um, We know Crosby isn't going to be starting this season because of injury, but will this be the first year where Crosby won't be point per game? And he's out for another, what, four weeks starting today? Yeah, and, like, I know... Like in my like, I'm not saying he needs to have 82 points. Like, do we think he's gonna, like, you know, have more points than games played? I think so. I think if we're standing by that standard and having points, more points than games, then yeah, um, I think he's gonna beat that. I think, but although if you're like, hey, he's gonna get more than or 82 points or above, I think that might be close if he plays like 74 games he might get like 81 82 because um like we talked about this in the past that pittsburgh as a whole this season uh is a kind of a question mark without malkin and crosby to start the season and jarvis also a bit of question mark there's too many there's too many like factors going on where a couple of them go wrong and i think the whole season for them can kind of slip away yeah i know fair enough yeah uh in my opinion like uh, it's crosby like he's been point 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 per game every season of his career so far and it's kind of hard to say he won't finally do it he won't do it this season so you know like i feel like the season he doesn't get point per game that's when he's gonna be like oh i'm not elite anymore i need to retire so that i think that's gonna be my signal to know when crosby's gonna retire well, that, or he's going to come back the next year with a vengeance and, like, have 150 points. Yes, that is also very, very possible. Because you've seen him go, hey, you know what, next year I want to score more goals, and the very next season he gets, like, 48 goals. And then, like, the next season he's like, I want to win more face-offs. And his, like, face-off percentage goes up, like, 5 to 10 points. Like, this guy can do what he sets up to do. For sure. All right, we're going to move on to San Jose here. Um, the Sharks. Um, we know what they traded for Aiden Hill um, to give him starting reps, but I, I'm i wondering, do we think James Reimer is going to take the starting gig from Aiden Hill? I think it's a very possibility. I do think they'll give Aiden Hill a bit of a longer leash because he is younger. He has shown some success on like, the Coyotes. Um, I think, I don't think James Reimer would take over but i do think it'll be more of a like it'll be more of a tandem than it is like a 
Aiden Hill as the go- as the starter and James Remmer as the backup. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good guess there. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting, I think. Like, they're both signed for two years, and, you know, this is a team that's not trying to win either, so they're okay, you know, with whoever's in. But, I don't know, you know, we, we've seen James Remmer take over for guys or be signed to be that 1B goalie and, you know, put up great years like you did with Carolina. So I'm just interested to see whether he can actually, you know, steal the reins from uh, Aiden Hill there. Um, Let's talk about the newest team in the league here. Um, And I think it's a very easy question to ask uh, for the Kraken. Will they make the playoffs in their first ever season in the NHL? I think so. Yeah, I th- I think they have just kind of enough pieces to make it. Um, especially if you look at their division, right? The Pacific Division. Um, who? Sorry, like just quick exercise. It's like who's gonna who's gonna make the playoffs in that division? Do you think? Um, I'm probably gonna be say like Vegas and Edmonton are locks. Yeah, but then after that, you're right. Like they're. The third spot, I'm assuming, could go to really anyone. And I, I'm also assuming that they're not going to get any of the wild card spots because the Central is, you know, pretty tough this season. Yeah, so I think it would be like between, you know, Seattle or Calgary or Vancouver. But we all saw what happened with Vancouver and Calgary last season. So I don't see why in the first season of Seattle, they could just surprise people and make the playoffs. Yeah. Um. I'm going to be a little bit more reserved. Like, I, I, I see the Seattle roster. It, it, it's not bad, but I'm also like, uh, like, I, I feel like they're still a couple moves away from, you know, really, you know, improving this, like, making it, like, a better team. Like, I mean, but we all said that about Vegas, and look what they did in the first season, so... It's a little bit tough to guess where they're going to be, but I think I've got to lean towards that. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. I just, I feel for some reason, I feel for very confident with their their defense along with their um, goalie situation, which I can't say a lot about a lot of teams. Yeah, like I've always, like the like new like expansion teams, they're always, the big thing is always like, can they score? Like they, it's easy to pick up goalies in defense. But picking up those forwards, do they have enough talent? And I think, well, getting Jaden Schwartz is huge. Jordan Eberle is huge. Like those are guys that you normally aren't able to pick up in free agency or even at the expansion draft. So I, I think they've got some talent up front, but it's just you know, it's so hard to guess with like a team, like a new expansion team. So I think I just got lean towards the side of history where we know expansion teams normally don't make playoffs. So I'm just going to lean toward that side. That's fair. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. I just also want to see like, um, like, you know, a playoff atmosphere with their jerseys. It just looks so nice on the heist. Yeah, no, no that's a very good. Um, yeah. That's also very interesting to that. I mean, hopefully we get to see, but I feel like they're going to have a playoff atmosphere every single game, hopefully, since they're a, a new team. Um, let's talk about St. Louis next here. Um, do we think Tarasenko is is he going to get traded? Or is he not going to get traded? What the hell is going to happen to him? 
Sorry, I, I was trying to like find how many years he has left on his contract. Um, he has two years left, including this season. I, I think, I think he stays just because he has another year, and they're still competing. Um, and if you round it out, it's a very dangerous top six with O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Shen, Bushnevich, Saad, Peron, like Jordan Cairo or, or like Robert Thomas. Like that's pretty good. Like looking out from the top six, I think I think he stays this year. But I think deadline next year, he might move. But I like that's that's as good as a top six as any other team in the uh, in the league here like i would even say forward core wise like they don't like okay if oscar Sundquist wasn't injured i think they have a very very good top 12 um maybe backup goalie is not what you would like to see but like i mean back to the tarasenko question obviously right like they have him for a year after that and the fact that you know he's playing preseason game kind of leans towards that you know, they're ready to move on from whatever the hell that happened. Like, they're ready to, you know, keep going. And, you know, I think Tarasenko might also recognize that probably the easiest way for him to move on is just finish out his contract and then pick where he wants to play next. Also, like, we haven't really heard any news about him wanting to move since we heard the initial news. Like, I don't know about you, but since that came out, I haven't heard anything saying like Tarasenko wants to go here or here or here. It's kind of just like disappeared. So that's like a factor for me. Just like, I don't think he'll move this season. Yeah, no. uh, I can agree with that. All right. Big, big question here with Tampa Bay Lightning. Three Pete? Question mark is your question. It was my question. And I kind of regret saying that because there's so many teams this year. But. I mean, it's hard to say no, right? I know they lost the whole line of Coleman, Gord, and um, Goodrow, but they got they got um, Ross Colton and Matthew Joseph, and um, like I know they put in a Bear Belay, they just wavered him, but they still have their top six guys. That hasn't changed, and Vasilevsky hasn't changed, and Hedman hasn't changed, Sergeyev hasn't changed. I think. I think it's going to be hard to, um, sorry, I don't think it's hard to put anyone above them, especially now that they've won two in a row. Can you tell me when the last time a team three-peated? No. Islanders, like way back? Yes, you are right. It was the Islanders. They four-peated, and that was back in the early 1980s, from 1980 to 1983. So I, I think that just, there's too much parody, right? Like you said, there's so many teams that could win the season that it's hard to say that it's a lightning. There's just too much competition. Like they're not heads and above every other team, I think, in in the league. And, you know, there's so many things with like injuries and, you know, performance that like it, it's just hard to 100% guarantee that they're going to three-peat. But if they do, like that will be amazing. But I, I don't think I see it for them. But you also got to look at their bottom six right now. And it's like like Ross Colton, Corey Perry, uh, Bellamere, Maroon, like Matthew Joseph, Gamble Smith. Like that's, that's a pretty solid bottom six. 
Yeah, but is it enough? Uh, maybe it is going to be enough for a team that has Point, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Hedman. Like, they've got their stars and they don't need the greatest depth. But um, I, I'm also going to guess that they're going to make some moves at the deadline to, you know, improve that depth later and, you know, find some sneaky ways to uh, use uh, their uh, injured reserves or something like that. But uh, yeah, that's Tampa for them. And, you know, speaking of teams that like to fool around with the LTIR, let's talk about Toronto. Um, they, are, they are a team now that can't because, you know, they don't have the David Clarksons and Nathan Hortons of the world. Um, so now they've got to, you know, only use whatever cap space that they, like, they can only use the $81.5 million. Um, and they're having trouble with depth. So do we think that they have enough depth now to, like, hold up for the entire season? I think they're fine with defense because they have a couple of guys like I think Lilligren or like Biega that can kind of just like stick around for a bit. But if you if you look at their forward depth, it's just like like they just lost Mikheyev. So who comes up next? Is it Amirov? Is it um, Adam Brooks or Robertson? Like it's kind of it's kind of thin right now. Yeah, like it's gonna be a little bit rough, I think. Like, even two, like one injury, maybe not the worst, but two injuries to like a certain, like two forward injuries or two defensive injuries, injuries. Like we're gonna see a huge difference in the team that Toronto's gonna put on the ice. So, I do think that you are probably right. Like. I don't know if they're gonna have that. Like, they're they're like an injury or two away from you know imploding. Well, not imploding, but not being great. Like, I would probably say they'll be a five hundred team if they have two injuries. And you know, that's gonna happen to most teams. But I think other teams might still be okay. But I think Toronto might be one of those teams where they're really gonna suffer. So is it is it out of reach? When I like a few episodes ago, I said. Um, Florida could make the playoffs, but Toronto doesn't. I think with the right injuries, you would probably be right. Um, but I, I, I think that with uh, Florida and like Florida versus Toronto, I would probably say both make the playoffs is more likely than you know only one making it. Yeah, no, I, I see that. I I know what you mean. I'm just. Looking at this depth chart, it's just like their left wing is kind of not so great, especially like after Mikheyev's down. The next on the list is like Pierre Engvall and like Wayne Simmons, I guess. Yeah, it, it it's not looking great. Um, and you know, Michael Madio, Adam Brooks, are they full time NHLers at this point? A little bit hard to tell. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see in Toronto. All right, moving on, we're going to go over to Vancouver. Do we think uh, Ekman Larson is going to be a top pairing D in Vancouver? I don't think he'll be a top pairing D again, but I think in like second line kind of guy, I think he'll be very solid, especially now that he has like no offense to the Coyotes, but like the past few years, they haven't exactly been surrounding him with like I guess talent now you have Quinn Hughes you got like Patterson you got Horvat 
you have Demko in that. It's just there's a bunch of guys there that realistically, when you're in Arizona, you don't really see that. And I think like some nights you could put he was up on the top pairing, or some he, some line you could put uh, you could put Ekman Larson as the top pairing. It's kind of interchangeable, especially with the like like the experience that Ekman Larson has. So I think he could, but I think he'd be more of a top four, a very good top four kind of guy. Yeah, I think the biggest question will be can Hugh handle, like, you know, being, you know, a sh- not shut down, but like, can he handle, you know, number one defenseman minutes, I think, or like that responsibility? Like, I think he can handle the minutes. Defensively, I don't know if he can handle, you know, facing the top um, competition. I think that's going to fall on someone like Ekman Larson. So, uh, in my opinion, I, I actually feel like Ekman Larson might play more even strength minutes than Hughes. I think Hughes is kind of a situational guy. Like, he's going to be out there on rushes, you know, offensive zones. But um, they might not be, he might not be the first guy over the boards when they're having a defensive zone face off. Which where I think Ekman Larson, if you're Travis Green, you're more you know open to just sending him over no matter what the situation is. Absolutely, I think that's a very fair take. Um, yeah, I think I think absolutely that Ekman Larson he's got a hefty contract, but the man's been through a lot in Arizona, and I think and I think that he's going to have more. I say. He's going to be a bit more excited to play in Vancouver, in my opinion. Just like a hot take kind of thing. I think he'll just be more like excited because he has more like hues and to play with. He's got like um, Tucker Poulin or like Connor Garland or JT Miller, or Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, all those guys. Uh, yeah, and it's always uh, like interesting because like this is where the Sidines play. This was where like alexander edler played like there's that swedish connection i think and that's why like when we heard like vancouver and boston were the two places he wanted to go like i think boston was a weird place to pick but like vancouver for sure i could definitely see him wanting to play in a city where you know his swedish counterparts had really loved so um i, I agree with you i think he'll be motivated excited but uh will he perform is going to be the question all right, we're going to move on to Vegas here. Um, do we think Robin Leonard can now take over and, you know, take over the starter role for a full 82-game season? And when we say starter role, I'm assuming, like, 60 games. Around yeah, I, that. I, I'm good with that. 60 games. I think so. I think he'll have a bit of a hard time. But I think, his, I think he'll be fine with it, especially with the team in front of him. But I think his save percentage might drop a little bit just because from like my memory right now I don't think he's really played a whole lot of like a lot of games over an 82 game stretch he's played a lot of um split or tandem duties with um on the Islanders or on the Blackhawks but but then even on the Hawks he got traded to the Vegas so it wasn't necessarily him playing a full season of a starters load you know how we forget that um, Leonard comes from very humble beginnings in Ottawa and Buffalo, and he was a starter in Buffalo. So, you know, he can, but 
he wasn't really good, which is going to be the question for can he like you're right like he can probably play the sixty games, but will he be good or like I don't think good is a fair statement. I think you want him to be really good, right? Like this is Robin Leonard. We're expecting him to be really good, and for a team like Vegas that has cup aspirations, you need him to be really good. So uh, I I'm I guess I I'm more optimistic i think leonard can do it um and hopefully you know as long as he keeps some of his uh other comments a little bit more private i think uh he can be more focused on uh being a starter but like you said he was from ottawa he started with ottawa and then he went to the uh sabers and at that point yes he's, he had a lot of games under his belt but the team in front of him was rough to say the least and I think at that point, he was going through some personal problems as well. So all that factored in, it wasn't like a recipe for success. But now I think he's kind of, that was like almost 10 years ago too. Just like he's, I think he's grown up a bit. Things have like 10 years have, like a lot of things happened in 10 years. And I think since he joined the Island, yeah, Islanders, things have really gone well for him. So I think he'd be, like I said, he'll be able to do it, but I do think his, overall like stats and everything might go down just a touch yeah i think that's a pretty good assessment um second last our penultimate question for this episode for washington will ovechkin still be the leading goal scorer like for the caps like for like the season i'm not saying like you know all time like he's already all-time goal scorer but like in this 2021 2022 season will he have the most goals as a capital I think so because some nights he could get really hot and if you give him enough power plays, um, he could just kind of knock a Hattie out of nowhere. And we had this discussion before. It was like, I think Oshi was like a few goals behind of last season. But I, as much as I like Oshi, I do think when Ovi comes back, he'll be the guy. They're going to feed him more like, like, you got him, you got Carlson, you got Oshi, you got Kuznetsov, you got all these weapons. It's just, I think I don't think all the goals, while he's gone, I don't think all the goals would be going towards Oshi. I think it would be very split even. And once they, and then once he comes back, it would be like Ovechkin time. Yeah, no, I am uh, in agreement with you on that. Uh, we're going to finish off with, you know, a Canadian team because we are proud Canadians. Um, Winnipeg. Do you think they're a dark horse candidate to win the Central? It's also their last because there's no other teams after W. Well, you never know. Like, Yellowknife could have a team one day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, see, I posted this question because I feel like they're a bit more rounded uh, in terms of, like, top six on offense and um, top four on defense, as well as they're, like, they got a number one goalie in Mr. Hellebuck, right? So I think, I think yes, I think they'd be a, a strong dark horse to to take the central crown away from the Avs. Like, I get it as the Avs, but Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, Ehlers, Dubois, Stasny, Kopp, Lowry, that's like your top eight forwards. And then on defense, you got Morrissey, Schmidt, Pionk, Dylan, DeMello. 
I think it's, you know, just looking at that, I think I'm, I'm kind of confident in like putting them out there against any team during the season. Yeah. Like they have a pretty damn good team. I think like, you know, it, it wasn't a bad team, I would say, last year. Like, it's it's a pretty good team, but um, they did make some good additions. And, you know, like, they really didn't lose many pieces, I would say. Like, uh, like out of the top of my head, I don't think they lost anything really significant. So, I, I would, you know, agree with you there. Like, this is a good team that they could be, you know, a dark horse for sure. Do you think they'll they'll be ahead of the Avs? That's the thing where I'm a little bit more, you know, unsure about. Um, but you know, they they have more depth, I would say, than you know the Avs. But do they have the same star power? Power, I think, um, is going to be the question. Yeah, that's absolutely. I see where you're coming from. Um, I think we need a little bit of a hot take. Because Austin's not here, but I do think, I do think Winnipeg could very sneakily take the crown for uh, the Central Division. That's kind of my statement. I think yes. Yeah, no, I agree, and I completely forgot that Shifley still has to serve um, a couple more games. Uh, well, one more game uh, for his uh, suspension from Jake Evan on the Jake Evan tip from uh, last playoff. So. I was like, why is he suspended? He, was there a hit that I missed? But then I was like, oh, wait. He uh, <laughs> he hit Jake Evans uh, back in the playoffs. But you know what? That's uh, pretty much all 32 teams. Um, we gave a quick preview on everyone. Um, Anton, if it's okay with you, I'd like to play a game with you. Yeah, let's play this game. So you, you you watch NBA and you know we they like to play you know who he played for with Shaq. Or no, no no Shaq. Charles Barkley, I believe. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So would you like to be Charles Barkley and I will be Ernie? I don't think I have a choice in this one. Well, I'll make it easy on you because we're gonna pick um players that played for Columbus last year. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so all you have to tell me is which team they are part of right now. So we're going to start off easy. Uh, Michael Delzano, who he played for? Oh, my God. Um, Was it the Sens? Uh, ding, ding, ding. He does play for the Sens now. All right. All right. Numero two. Riley Nash. Who he play for? Okay, this one's a bit unfair because I did go on cap friendly like two minutes ago. Oh, so, so you're saying that I shouldn't count him to the list? Yeah, no, I just saw it was Winnipeg Jacks, wasn't it? Yes. You, you know, I'll give you the point because, you know, you're, you're a good person, unlike Olsen, who didn't show up. You know, if you were Olsen, I would be like, that doesn't count. That's cheating. And uh, you get zero points for the entire thing, even if you get all the answers right. But you know what? It's because it's you, Anton, today. And we've had such a great conversation that I'll give you the point there. I'll take it, though. All right. You might need those points because next up we have Stefan Matteau. I honestly thought we would resign him, but um, I'll just say Columbus. Maybe I he don't did. know. Because I don't know. Well, you got the call right, but uh, it's not Columbus. It's Colorado. So 
Stephen Mateau to Colorado. That's fine because I completely forgot. Yeah, no, I think he was like a depth signing. Um, let's go for another depth signing here. Zach Delp. Who he play for? You want to give me a hint? Considering that we're going pretty far down the list. Um, let's see. Uh, he's on a team with a for- another former Blue Jacket. That doesn't help. Jets? Uh, no, a little bit more significant. I'll give you a second guess. Uh, like, on a, like, uh, like some of that you would be like, yes, he was a Columbus Blue Jacket. Boston? Who were you thinking about that played for Columbus and that's in Boston now? Felino? Oh, Felino. Sorry. No, it was, I was thinking more of a, a Bobrovsky. He's uh, now in Florida. Yeah, I'll be honest. That's not surprising considering how many former Jackets are and were in Florida. But no, that was not in my top like 10 guesses. Yeah, like I was thinking about, like, you know, Bill Zito's there as well, but they're not. Like, Marcus Nudavara's there as well, but, you know, I, I think that would have given it away too much. All right, and our last one. because So, you got two right. You started off strong. Then, you know, the last two a little bit harder with some of the depth signings. So, we're going to round it out, and we're just going to give you one that's, you know, neither one or the other. Mikhail Grigorenko, who he played for. He went back to the KHL, I'm pretty sure. And the question still is, who he played for? I don't know. He's in the KHL. That's all I know. Well, then name a KHL team. Uh, is it Moscow? Can you be a little bit more specific? Absolutely not, because I don't know what teams are in the KHL. <laughs> well, um, let me search up uh, KHL teams, and I will give you the options so that you know you can say I was fair to you here. All right, so teams in the KHL currently right now. Uh, oh, my goodness. How many teams are in the Moscow region? Uh, let's see. So we have CSK Moscow. We have Spartak Moscow. Uh, we have Dynamo Moscow. Uh, I guess it's just those three. So, <laughs> out of the three Moscows, which Moscow does he play for? Uh, the second one. I think it was Spartak. And you're wrong. He plays yeah, for CSKA Moskva. So, yeah. I am very sorry, but you have... Uh, unfortunately, we got two out of five today. Not bad, but not great. To be fair, you gave me a guy who was in a different league. Well, the fact that you know you knew he went to the KHL... Um, you know, should help you out. And I gave you, you know, I let you keep the Riley Nash point. So, you know, I, I think it was fair in the end. Yes, you gave me all the, like, depth and, like, bottom six guys. But you didn't ask me where Nick Felino went. Well, that's what happens when I'm, you know, in control of the game. I get to pick which players uh, that you have to guess. Or David Savard. Well, because he plays on the best team in the world. So, you know, it would have been too obvious. Everyone knows who's on the best team in the world. You're right. Uh, number 80, Jesper Kakaniemi. Yes, of course. Anyway, that's, uh, you know, we'll just end off our episode from there. You know, we don't need to talk about some of the sadder things in life. But uh, is there any final thoughts you want to say, Anton? You know, no pressure. 
there's no Olsen here to you know take away your final comments. Well, I think this is one of our uh, longer episodes with the hour 20. Do you preemptively want to say for next week, do you want to do like a season predictions? I know we're like a week late, but for next week, do you want to do like season standings kind of thing? Yeah, like we could do like, yeah, we don't have to like necessarily, you know, name, you know, 1 to 32 what everyone's going to finish off on. But yeah, I think we can, you know, play some, you know, oh, you weren't there when we played most likely to. So maybe we'll play that too, maybe next week or, but yeah, I think we can do season predictions next week. We'll talk about, you know, maybe uh, who we think's going to, you know, win the heart trophy or who's going to finish 13th in the league in points or, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll think of something for season predictions next week. But yeah, no, I I'm perfectly happy with how we did this episode. Save the uh, end of the quizmaster, when he threw me in a different league. Um, there's no Olsen this week. There was no Olsen last week. Hopefully, we get an Olsen next week. But other than that, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.